everybody. Welcome to a scrimmage car cast, post-scrimmage car cast after USC's second fall camp scrimmage coming to you on August 17th, uh, a Saturday. I am your host, Alicia D'Artola, and everybody is getting a little taste of this scrimmage car cast. Uh, if you are a patron, you already know how this works uh, over on our Patreon after every practice, after every scrimmage, all of that kind of stuff. I jump in my car, literally, I'm in my car right now. And I give a rundown of what happened at practice. And today's practice was a scrimmage at the Coliseum. Some of you may have been there. Uh, apparently, the crowd was 10,000, which is uh, pretty decent. I want to say that in, you know, f- spring scrimmages in past, it's been around that range. So I guess that's okay, although they may be inflating that number. I don't know. I didn't really get a great look at the crowd. Um, but it was, a, it was a nice day at the Coliseum, a nice day to be in the Coliseum. And to get to watch USC play real football, I'm always saying that uh, real football tells you more any time than than practice ever does. And having them be out there in full pads doing live tackling, I think was really useful to see, uh, you know, who is thriving and who isn't. And that's basically what this this car cast is going to be about. Just my thoughts about what happened today uh, at at the Coliseum. Um, it wasn't a perfect day, uh, not certainly from my perspective. Um, the not to com- not to spend some time complaining, but I'm going to spend some time complaining here. Uh, the media policies for today were a little bit frustrating, um, so we weren't allowed to. We had to treat it like a normal practice. A normal, a normal practice means that we can shoot the first 20 minutes of practice uh, camera with our with uh, shoot photography, and then um, you know we can take notes and everything like that after that. But we can't tweet until the three horns sound to indicate the practice is over. Well, even though today's practice scrimmage was in front of a Coliseum crowd, uh, who all had Wi-Fi access and who could all be on Twitter, uh, we were not allowed to tweet about anything. We were not allowed to live tweet. We were not allowed to put out any content uh, from the scrimmage itself during the scrimmage itself. So if you saw sort of a media blackout, that's why. Anyone who was in the press box couldn't actually say what they were seeing while anybody out in the stands could. Um, the other snafu from my personal perspective was that we got to go down on the field to take pictures for the first 20 minutes of practice and getting back up to the press box took about 20 minutes <laughs> because um, stairs and elevators not working and all sorts of madness. So I didn't actually see the first two drives of, of the practice. JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis uh, both led uh, their first two drives, and I missed him. I missed him. So I can't speak in detail. I did get the play-by-play from somebody who was up in the in the press box. They were uh, kind enough to give me the play-by-play so I know what happened and I know uh, how it happened generally. Uh, but I, I can't actually speak to, you know, wh- what you would glean from the first two drives, which came to nothing. Uh, JT Daniels went 3 of 5, uh, and, and, and the, the drive stalled, and Keaton Slovis went 2 of 3, and the drive stalled. So, you know, there's nothing more to say from my perspective about those. Um, but I did, I was able to track the quarterbacks across the board, track the offenses across the, and defenses across the board, and I put a play-by-play up on RainerTroy.com. So if you want to see that play-by-play, go check that out. Um, after the first two drives, it's it, you know it gets into a little bit more detail about where the passes were going, what kind of routes were being run, who you know who was defending things, little where there was room for opinion about whether or not it was good play, good throw, whatever. I scattered that in there, so go check that out for some more detailed kind of stuff. 
about the scrimmage, but um, just from a sort of an overview perspective, here are the stats, uh, at least my very, very unofficial stats. Um, I had JT Daniels going 16 of 21. He threw two touchdowns and he had a uh, uh, he had four drives, so the most drives of any of the quarterbacks, and he had two of them be successful and two of them unsuccessful. I had Keaton Slovis go seven of eleven with one touchdown drive out of three. He had one drive that uh, was uh, a missed field goal that stalled. Uh, that was his two minute drill. Matt Fink went nine of thirteen. He had two touchdowns uh, uh, in his three drives. You know, th- two successful drives out of three. And then Jack Sears went 9 of 14. He had two successful touchdown drives as well out of three. So uh, what does that tell us? It tells us exactly what I've been saying since the start of camp. And it was interesting because I was talking to, I think it was the THT guys, about like who's going to stand out in the scrimmage? Who's going to stand out? And I said that, you know, I think that it'll be exactly like we've seen through fall camp because I don't think we're going to actually learn anything more about any of these quarterbacks. They are who we think they are. Um, we're letting them off the hook, <laughs> to, to quote Danny Green. Uh, but no, it, it's they are who they are. I don't think we're going to see anything different from them. They're all around the same sort of level. They're all good at times, and they're all not so good at times. And there's no getting around that. And I think I've finally come to terms with my own kind of disappointment with the way that the quarterback battle has run. Because, and this is interesting, because after the after the scrimmage, Clay Hilton said, you know, I've never been in a situation where I've had four quarterbacks that could all start uh, in a quarterback battle. And... I agree. I don't think I've I, I don't think I've seen at USC a situation where all where th- you know three, let alone four guys, were all at this even of a level. Uh, but I don't necessarily. I, I've got, I keep going back to like I don't think any of this is a good thing. I don't think that the fact that all four of these guys could start, but I don't know if any of these guys are elite. That that is a reality for USC's. Um, quarterback situation at this stage. Um, I, I think that USC is in a situation where they, oh, this is funny. Uh, I think Lynn Swan is getting into his car right in front of my car where I am recording this car cast. Sure looks like Lynn Swan and it's a real nice car. <laughs> so that's random. Um, as an aside, <laughs> just, you know, that's the, the, the joys of car casting. I had to, I had to bring this up. I wish he turned around, but he sure looked like Lin Swan from behind. Um, and you're you're about to hear that pretty engine purr because that's a real nice car. Um, okay, <laughs> back on track. USC's quarterbacks, none of them are great, and that is where my concern has come from. I think JT Daniels is still ahead in this competition because no one is ahead in this competition, and. All things being equal, you go with the quarterback who has a year of starting experience under his belt, and you hope that he's able to come come through uh, in in the clutch for you when you get him back out on the field. But nothing that JT Daniels has done in this camp so far, or back to spring, has inspired a ton of confidence in me. And um, I was hoping that one of the other quarterbacks would be able to inspire some confidence in me, but they're never quite able to do it. I think Matt Fink is a better quarterback than people give him credit for, but he's not that good of a quarterback. I think Jack Sears is is a is a dynamic quarterback who could be really good if USC gave him a chance, but he's not that good either. 
And Keaton Slovis is probably overrated at this point. He's he's good, but again, he's not that good. And I think that's what you saw at the scrimmage today. And and I think that's my main concern is the stars of the scrimmage today were the wide receivers. By far, it was the wide receivers. But a lot of it was because they were having to make the 50-50 grabs. You know those 50-50 grabs that drove everybody crazy in 2018? Uh, the ones that... Uh, the ones that... Um, were, you know, jack it up and see if a guy can can make the catch. That's kind of what was happening. A lot of the touchdowns in this in this uh, scrimmage were not good throws. They were better plays by the receiver or worse plays by the DBs. Um, let me just if I if you bear with me for a second, if I go through my notes to look at all the touchdowns, uh, let's see. Though Matt Fink threw a touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown got wide open in the middle of the field. So it was the easiest. It was a, a touchdown pass that Matt Fink should be able to make. All he had to do was just put it, uh, you know, in, in the general area that Amon Ross St. Brown was in, and you were going to score a touchdown easy. So level of difficulty not very high, but he delivers it, so good for him. Um, let's see. The next touchdown is to um, Devin Williams. This is from but Jack Sears threw a touchdown to Devin Williams on a quick slant. Uh, it was a situation where Devin Williams tore up the scrimmage today. He tore it up. But, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative here, but I do think I want to caution people about some of the performances today because there is a huge drop-off from USC's first team DBs to their second team DBs. And Devin Williams is a great receiver. But he benefits greatly from going up against the like of the likes of Jaden Williams and Dominic Davis Daly instead of Isaac Taylor Stewart or Chris or Chris Steele or Elijah Griffin. And I think Devin Williams can be great. And the great thing is that a lot of the DBs that USC is going to be facing this season are no better than the than than the second team DBs that USC has out there. Uh, so Devin Williams is going to have a lot of chances to shine. But in this scrimmage, for instance, when Jack Sears throws a a, a slant to Jaden Williams. Devin Williams and Jaden Williams, that is a mismatch. That is not quite the mismatch that that Devin Williams and uh, and and Dominic Davis is because, you know, Jaden Williams is actually tall uh, compared to, to Dominic Davis. But that's a f- true freshman corner who didn't defend us an end zone slant particularly well, who let the receiver get in front of him and, and the receiver did a good job of using his body. The quarterback did a good job of getting the ball there. There, So good job all around. But like that is not necessarily a reflection of what USC is going to be able to do to the better defenses that they face. Um, JT Daniels threw a touchdown on third and 15 to Eric Cromenhoek up the seam. Trust me, I was super stoked that Eric Cromenhoek caught this touchdown down the field up the seam. Tight end up the seam is my jam, but it's not a good ball. It's a better catch by Eric Cromenhoek, and it's a whiff by Greg Johnson. Greg Johnson's in decent position. JT Daniels underthrows the ball a little bit. Eric Cromenhoek does a good job of, of going up and, and showing that I think Eric Cromenhoek has a better receiving range than than maybe some people give him credit for. Um, but, he, you know, he so he can be somebody who makes that catch in the seam. That's good to see. But also, Greg Johnson should be breaking that pass up. And JT Daniels should be delivering that ball in a more catchable area to the tight end where Greg Johnson isn't in a position to break that pa- to break that pass up. So again, it's not a good throw by JT Daniels. He gets the touchdown, but I don't think it's a good throw. Uh, Keaton Slovis, um, oh, sorry, skip that. Uh, there's a touchdown. One of Matt Fink's touchdowns was a marquee step, a uh, rush up the middle. So again, not, not anything in particular that was, um, that was Fink doing that one. 
Uh, and then the, let's see, there was a touchdown by um, uh, by JT Daniels to Devin Williams. Again, it's Devin Williams going against that second, third team uh, secondary, and it shows. He gets wide open on Jaden Williams going on a, on a post. He gives him tons and tons of cushion. He makes the catch, and then two defenders miss their tackles, and Jade, and and Dave, Devin Williams is able to to you know stroll five yards into the end zone. So again, that's that's not good defense. That's and that's not USC's first. Like those are guys who are not. Jaden Williams is not going to see the field unless there's a cr- huge crisis. He's going to redshirt, and he's going to have time to develop. I'm not trying to just like in the first scrimmage. I don't. I didn't want to pick on Adonis Ote. Because Adonis Ote got picked on in the in the first scrimmage, but Jaden Williams got picked on in this scrimmage because he's the true freshman who's just being thrown out there and trying to defend someone like Devin Williams or trying to defend someone like Bayless Jones. That's not fair, and that's not a, a, a it is a a, a serious mismatch. Um, there was another marquee step touchdown from short yardage. That was one of the positives of today was marquee step uh, getting some short yardage going. Um, but there was another, so there was a Jack Sears touchdown to Amonar St. Brown over the middle. Again, it's a dangerous throw. Uh, it's it's a throw that's probably underthrown, thrown a little bit too far to the right, and the DBs just don't make the play on it that they should be making the play on. This could easily have been picked off. Uh, but, you know, in in the end, it, it's a touchdown because Amonar St. Brown locates the ball. And, again, if you have receivers that can make you look good, then that's great. I mean, I Sam Darnold was an exceptional quarterback, but he had receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster and, and uh, Darius Rogers and Deontay Burnett and all those making him look good a lot of the time because they were making tough catches. So USC's quarterbacks are going to have that advantage this year. But in this scrimmage, a lot of their success had less to do with them and more to do with the receivers. And Clay Helton sort of played it off um, in in his post game presser about how you know talking about how the receivers, uh, the quarterbacks gave the receivers opportunities to make plays. But too many of those were 50-50 balls. And yes, you credit the wide receiver for coming out on top the way that they did. But you also have to look at it from the other perspective of why are the quarterbacks not upping those percentages. Why are they 50-50 balls? They need to be 75-25 balls. Um, If you're going to take the risk, have it be a 25% risk, not a 50% risk, Um, especially when, you know, you can get away with that when you're throwing and Jaden Williams is the DB. But you're not going to get away with that if, you know, Alohi Gilman or or, um, uh, who's the the Utah, Utah's corners or Cal's corners or or Notre Dame's secondary, Stanford's secondary. Those, these are going to be very tough matchups that you're not going to be able to get away with that every time. And Michael Pittman made a couple really nice catches over the top of Chris Steele today as well. And again, those were those were the veteran senior receiver making a really great catch over the young freshman who is still in a learning process. And, and Clay Helton said this after practice too, after the the scrimmage too, that there is going to be a, some growing pains and some learning curve with that secondary. Uh, but at the same time, where the offense had success today. My concern at this stage is there's a little there was a little bit of a vibe of papery tigerness to a lot of what the offense was doing well today. And I feel like I've been very, very negative and I don't want to be that way. Uh, but but I, I'm also increasingly the less confident I am in USC's quarterbacks, the less confident I am in USC's ability to um, to really put together a consistent offense that is different from the offenses that we've seen over the last three years, which were 
really just riding the talent. And I I want to see this system in live play a little bit more. I want to see what they do against different defenses. But, you know, these things are a concern. Now, uh, to get to some positives, like I said, Marquis Stepp was great at the goal line. He cannot be stopped at the goal line. So you see the weapon that he could be. Um, JT Daniels going with the first team looked pretty decent. Uh, his second drive going against the first team had a really nice mix of Stephen Carr, uh, really nice completions from, uh, from JT that were keeping the chains moving, you know, hearing fight on, fight on, fight on three times in a row. Um, the only thing that, that missed up, messed up that rhythm was a Michael Pittman drop, which he really shouldn't have dropped because he was wide open in the post again. And, um, and, and this is the one that, this is the drive that ended, uh, with the touchdown to Eric Krummenhoek. Uh, so the, the, the outcome of that drive was positive, even though the touchdown itself, I can look at it with a little bit of concern, but generally I thought the drive worked and that was first string, uh, going against first string defense. So, you know, these kinds of things are good. Like, I think there were some really positive signs, particularly, when it came to how well USC is going to be able, be able to rely on their on their receivers, the other thing that I liked uh, about the day, which I think was where the where the quarterbacks had trouble, which is a whole other conversation, but where the quarterbacks had trouble, it was that the uh, the defense was getting nice pressure. I thought Abdul Malik McLean looked pretty good today. Uh, he has had to step in with more uh, more reps because of the injuries at at outside linebacker and inside linebacker. Um, so he had his his opportunity today. I thought he looked good. Deshaun Benton looked quite good. Now he's a guy who's probably going to redshirt, just having talked to Chad Kauhaha, uh in practice in the past. But Dejon Benton was out there just mauling guys up front, uh, and he looked very explosive. And he was getting pressure on the quarterback, which was nice to see. Christian Rector was getting pressure on the quarterback, which was nice to see. Uh, so there were there were little things about this about this this day defensively that you sort of have to like. But as with all things, there's the zero-sum game. There's the, you know, what's good for the defensive line is bad for the offensive line. What's good for the offensive line is bad for the defensive line. What's good for the receivers is bad for the DBs, you know? These things balance out. So it makes it a little bit difficult to uh, to, to sort of figure out, you know, who is actually doing well and who is struggling, who can you give a pass to, and who uh, deserves praise, and sort of how do you, you work out uh, those uh, those complications. So um, those are those are my uh, quick thoughts on the on the scrimmage. I'm going to come back in a second with some more sort of concluding thoughts about where USC goes from here, the quarterback battle, and all of that. Okay, so where does USC go from here? Well, they've got a quarterback battle to settle, and uh, Clay Helton didn't put anything in stone as far as what USC is going to do with cutting this quarterback battle down, but he did for the first time say he's going to sit down with Graham Harrell on Monday and make some decisions about what they saw from the scrimmage tape. So I'm inclined to believe that they will be trimming this down. And I've said in the past, actually, I don't know if I've said this in a, in a recording yet in a, in a podcast yet, but my personally, I would cut Keaton Slovis out of this equation at this point. If you had to cut one, I would cut Keaton Slovis and it's nothing against Keaton. I think he has a bright future, but he, is the the most inconsistent at this stage. Um, he is the true freshman, and honestly, you don't want to be playing a true freshman. You saw the growing pains of true freshman last year. If you're going to start Keaton Slovis, you might as well start JT Daniels at this stage. So 
I'd let Keaton Slovis take his red shirt, let him develop a little bit more. Don't you no need to throw him into the fire when you have the three other guys that you can potentially rely on. So and and today today's scrimmage did nothing to to change my mind on that. Um, out of all the quarterbacks, I thought that Keaton looked um, the least impressive. And you know he can make some nice throws, but in general, I thought he looked the least impressive out of the quarterbacks. Um, I I still I still think that this is JT's job to lose, and it's really just because neither Fink nor Sears has done enough to convince me that they are the guy. They've done enough to convince me that if they were thrown into action, they could do a good job. I think Sears is hard to evaluate in particular because you get the feeling that if you throw him in a game, he'd raise his level to a totally different degree, but you can't depend on that uh, when you're making these decisions based on practice play, based on what you see uh, on the on the film when you're in practice and all of that kind of stuff. So when it comes down to it, I still think this is JT Daniels' battle to lose. I would I would cut it to a three man race. Go to um, go to uh, to JT Daniels, Matt Fink, and Jack Sears at the very least, starting on Tuesday, and let Keaton Slovis take his red shirt. Um, that's just my conclusion coming out of out of this scrimmage. I don't, I'm curious if Clay Hilton and Graham Harrell will see the same sort of thing. That's that's the kind of thing that. Um, we that we will have to wait and see how they how they work it out. Um, other sort of thoughts about about this particular scrimmage. I thought that Clay Hilton hedged his bets a little bit about the running game. Uh, the running game wasn't particularly good. Clay Hilton said it was flat out just okay, which was very true. It was just okay. There wasn't a lot to go on there. Um, not that there were a lot of rushing attempts. Uh, but there wasn't a lot to go on when there were rushing attempts. It's hard for me to judge the rushing game, though, because having talked to Mike Jinx, they see Vivai Malapai as the leader of that group. And so without him available to practice yet, I don't know if we're seeing the full force of USC's running game, but the running game uh, is is something that will depend heavily on that offensive line, and I'm not sure that I see enough from the offensive line yet. And in the scrimmage, you could see where the pressure was coming from, uh, where the line play wasn't exactly clearing tons of holes, uh, certainly not with the first team, certainly, certainly not with the second team. And that's a slight concern because a lot of this is going to depend. The, the air raid will negate a little bit of what the uh, of what the offensive line will need to do, but they're still going to have to be involved in keeping the, the defense is honest by having a run game um, by being able to to hit their blocks give the quarterbacks enough time to make their reads and throw uh, so as far as the scrimmage performance goes I I, I I there wasn't anything about the offensive line that gave me a ton of hope on the flip side you know if Christian Rector is that good then that's good if Marlon Tupelote is that good then that's good someone who was slightly disappointing was J2 Fella I didn't really see a lot of J2 Fella today and he's a guy that USC really needs to be heavily involved in the pass rush. Um, saw a lot more pressures coming off the edge from guys like Abdul Malik McLean and Christian Rector, which is how it's going to be. But you also do want some interior pressure from a guy like J. Tufella because he's capable of giving that to you. And he's gone a little bit quiet here. He's gone a little bit quiet here in fall camp. So that's something that maybe he needs to pick up during mock game week. And uh, and hopefully he, he is sort of riding along as as soon as USC gets to uh gets to Fresno State. Um let's see. Standouts from the day if I'm just going to close this out. Uh we're definitely all of the wide receivers. I talked about Devin Williams already. But Amon Ross St. Brown made some good catches. 
Tyler Vaughn's made some great catches. Michael Pittman made some great catches. Those four are really, really good. I mean, there's no getting around that. Like, are they the best in the country? I think they have a they have a shot to 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 be that. Uh, But at the very least, they're all very, very, very good. And you saw that in the scrimmage today. Regardless of who they were going up against, regardless of of the level of the DBs that they were playing up against, you could just sort of see what these guys are capable of doing. And, uh, you know, they are probably the most exciting thing uh, going into this season to see because the passing game, if they can bail out whichever quarterback is out there, then things are going to be okay, Uh, even though I really do want to see the quarterbacks give the receivers more, uh, make them have to work less hard, uh, but the receivers are capable of working as hard as they do, so... There's that. Um, I was also really glad to see Ben Griffiths get a couple of shots with with the punting, uh, just so that the Coliseum crowd got to see what we've been talking about as far as how stunning this guy's leg is. So he came out and punted, and he landed a punt, uh, sort of booming one that just hung in the air forever and was downed at the at the eight-yard line. And the Coliseum, you sort of lean down on the col- from the press box to look down, and you can see people you know, clapping. How often do you clap a punt? I mean, that's just, <laughs> it was it was really, really great. Uh, the other thing was that USC's kickers got a chance to go out and kick. Uh, Chase McGrath hit hit more of the of the attempts that he was given. Uh, Michael Brown had one hit off the post, which was uh, that was that was rough. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the kicking situation, I'm I've said before, I don't particularly care who end up ends up kicking. I think USC could use both of these kickers. But, uh, you know, Chase McGrath is somebody who's coming back from surgery and who's already made some clutch kicks for USC. So he's a guy that if he can be as accurate and, and have the distance and leg that he had on, on Saturday, then USC's kicking game is in, is in really good hands. And I don't think you can really go too wrong with Michael Brown or Chase McGrath. And, and I think they showed that uh, at the scrimmage today. Um, let's see. I, I think I'm out of I'm out of sort of things to mention. Um it uh it, it was just one of those days that was i don't know it was a little bit a little bit hard to track it was a little bit um it was a, it was a dry run for everybody and i know that people some people had difficult they they canceled the tours of the of the scholarship club tower which is a real bummer as somebody who has now taken that tour it's a real bummer that they canceled it uh they said that they weren't you know it wasn't ready and uh I don't know how much of that. I mean, even when we were taking the tours on on thir- when we took the tour on Thursday, we were told to stay with the people that we were with, to not wander off because there were some areas that were still being worked on. So like they were telling us that on Thursday. So if that that's the excuse that they're using that the you know it hasn't passed all the inspections or whatever, like okay, fine, I I get it, I get it, but but also like enough of it is complete that i just it's a shame that people didn't get to see it it's a shame that people didn't get to to take in all of the stuff that's going on um but they do say that they're going to have tours available later on uh, eventually so when they do it would be really cool to you know if you were able to come out and see it but i know that today would have been a really convenient day for a lot of people to to go out and and see all of the new things uh that the coliseum has to offer so that was a bummer um uh, I, I haven't heard anything about how difficult or not it was to get into the Coliseum, but I know that like from a media perspective, there was a lot of things that were still 
uh, not running super well. The Wi-Fi didn't work. Half of, most of us couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi in the press box. I was able to connect right at the end, like literally at the end of, of the scrimmage, uh, to connect to the Wi-Fi. So I'm curious if people in the stands were able to get the Wi-Fi to work and work well and work reliable, reliably, because that's the th- one of the big things that they're pushing is that this new Wi-Fi is really good and that it'll help uh, the, the the fan experience in the in the Coliseum. So I'm curious if anybody experienced what it was like and what what their impressions of all those new amenities uh, are in this in this dry run. And and you know take into account that this was a this was a you know working out the kinks. There was, I was I got into the elevator to go up to the press level and the the like steward guy the elevator operator was like man I you gotta love first days because one of the elevators was not working. So you had press and people, you know, fans, workers, uh, janitors and food service people and uh, cameramen and everything like that, all trying to stuff into one elevator that was, you know, stopping at every floor. It was it was not ideal. But this is why you have these dry runs. This is why you sort of figure everything out. At least you try to before the before the, the real action starts. So that'll start on August 31st. So. Um, yeah, I, I hope everybody had a good time uh, at the Coliseum, and, and always, as always, we encourage people to call into the Rain of Troy rant line, 213-373-1872, uh, with your thoughts. If you came to the scrimmage, what was, you know, what did you see, what did you like, what did you not like, um, what sort of stood out to you, we'd love to hear from you. You can also shoot us emails uh, to fansided.com or send us a message on Twitter, at Troy. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Troy. If you're one of our patrons, shoot us something through Patreon. Or if you're part of the Slack crew, then, you know, you know where to find us on Slack. But always looking for, for uh, the thoughts of the, of the fans, because that's what we're trying to be here. We're trying to be the voice of the fans. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, those are pretty much my thoughts on, on the scrimmage. It was, um, I don't know, I, I, I just keep going back to, I want, um, I want to feel really positive going into the season. I want to feel really optimistic, and I can't always get there. And uh, I think that I've I've been closer to optimism uh, earlier in this off season. Uh, I, I've been I've been further to the side of optimism at, at points, but I've definitely swung back a little bit uh, during this uh, you know during the, during this fall camp period. Um, sorry. Uh, Keely, your and the USCfootball.com people are, are passing, and uh, Keely's making a face at me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she's excited because she, she, we were gonna try and get her on the car cast, but she has her own stuff to do. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's one of those things. But um, yeah, I I I really want to come away from from all of this feeling like USC really has a chance to go far uh, this time around, but. Uh, I'd feel more confident if the quarterbacks were doing more. I'd feel a lot more confident if the uh, if the quarterbacks were um, were showing me a little bit more, and if maybe the offensive line was showing me a little bit more, and and if you know little things that maybe I'm gun shy about because of because of what happened in 2018, uh, that uh, that I think there's so much that needs to get proven at this stage that uh, you know they've lost a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. They really have, so it's very, very much wait and see, and I, and I, I don't like I've said it a thousand times now. Like I don't want to be the voice of like it's all bad, but I think that there are areas where you can be skeptical and where you can say no, you need to prove it to me, 
before I buy in, you need to prove it to me. And that's kind of where I am with this fall camp. Like I, I wanted some more buy-in and, and I haven't, I haven't quite gotten it. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it, uh, for this practice car cast. Thank you guys as always for listening. Um, as, as I said before, you can reach us on, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on everywhere like that. We're going to be doing a, uh, an episode, a main show episode coming up on this Monday, uh, with the THT guys and maybe, maybe a couple other people, maybe a couple other guests to break down, uh, the start of the season to, to give our predictions and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be super, super fun. So look out for that episode. And, uh, here's what the, here's the point where I make my sort of, uh, public radio, like fundraising drive pitch to you for our Rain Detroit Patreon. So the new season's about to start and uh, bear with me here, guys. The new season is about to start and we're doing so much on the Patreon that we're really proud of and that we'd like to share with you. Uh, so, you know, ch- check it out. Give us a try. Five fifty five a month. You get access to all of our bonus content. $10. You get, uh, the, uh, the, the rock crew, which is access to our Slack uh, where we have all sort of the inside jokes and all that kind of stuff, which is always fun. Um, but really, it's it's that not only are we giving, uh, having tons of content like this one, where we're able to jump in and record on the fly about the things that we see at practice or the things that we see at a scrimmage after every practice uh, going forward through the season, uh, I will have a practice car cast breaking down what happened, what was said, all of that kind of stuff. We're doing Inside the Scrum now, which is basically taking all of the interviews that we do at practice, sticking them in a in a in an episode, giving commentary on their on what players and coaches are saying, and you get to hear directly from them. You get to hear what I think about what it is that they're saying, all that kind of stuff. It's been it's been pretty fun. Um, if you if you sign up for the Patreon too, you're going to get access to all of the back catalog of stuff that we've done throughout this uh, throughout this off season. So that includes uh, the Throwback Thursdays that I was doing throughout the off season, which were just explorations of interesting moments in in USC history, not you know dry history of this guy scored this time and this time. like the stories, the quotes, the random things in newspapers that I found. Like it's been very very fun to do those, and we've gotten tons of good feedback about them. But those episodes are all available. Michael and I also do, have done random like Robot's choices and call cut commits and those kinds of uh, episodes that are sort of evergreen that you can always go back and and listen to um, whenever whenever you feel like it. And then going forward. The Return of the Rewatch, uh, which is uh, me rewatching every game and then giving detailed commentary on it. Uh, well, we have uh, Robot's Choices going forward, which is basically anything that you guys want to hear us talk about, we'll talk about. Subscriber Q&As, uh, Patreon Q&As uh, before every game, so we can get deeper into what the questions that you have, uh, the questions on your mind. Um, we have, you know, all sorts of snap takes as breaking news happens. We'll jump on for a snap take uh, for commentary and whatever whatever is going on um all of those things are available on the patreon and we're really proud of them and uh we 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 are basically just asking for your support not just to get access to all that bonus content but also to support the show um during the season we put out three episodes on the free side uh, a week so we have the fallout episodes the preview episodes and the car cast those are all staying free but those are three episodes uh, I mean that's that's well more than three hours of content based on the length that we tend to go um, and we're and we're keeping it on the free side uh, but we're able to do those episodes in part because of the support that we get from the patrons the support that we get uh, from from the people who are you know giving us that little more of a boost to be able to afford equipment 
uh, to be able to, to take the time out of our, our, you know, we spend a lot of time on, on this to give you guys the best thing that we can. And honestly, podcasting is my favorite part of my job. By far, I would do it just uh, the only thing I would do is podcasting if, if that were viable. Um, Michael loves loves the podcasting. So like it is a it is a labor of love from us. Uh, so we want to do more of it. And the more people who support the show uh, by telling their friends, by telling their family, by giving us reviews on on iTunes and by subscribing to the Patreon and shooting us a little bit of that of that monetary help. All of that is in, incredibly valuable to us. And we are super, super thankful. So there's my NPR pitch. Thanks for sitting through it. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for this this uh, car ca- this uh, scrimmage car cast. Uh, again, look out for the episode that we're going to put out, the main show, uh, later on this week. And look out for all of the fun stuff that we're going to have up as the season begins. We're getting into the getting into the thick of it here, guys, and we cannot wait to go along on this journey, whichever whichever direction it, it heads. So take care and bye on. See ya. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $528 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.